As a result of our contemplation of the question of why does God hate the poor, we've been able to define love and to define hate. Self-love is an act of the will by which it states, I want to exist, I want to continue existing, and I hope for meaning. Once meaning is found, love is the pursuit of that meaning, meaning, and it can negate the first two elements. Once we have self-love, we can love others or things. That is, we can want them to exist, to continue existing, and to have meaning in life. Hate is the opposite of love. Hate is an act of the will stating that someone or something should not exist, should not continue existing, and should not have meaning in life. In order to love others or things, one must first have self-love. But self-love does not necessarily entail love of others or, or things. One can love oneself based on the hate of others. This has been the substance of our contemplation so far. But this result should not mean that living with love or hate are the only options for human life. Pull out one of the three elements of love, and we no longer have love, neither self-love nor love of others, but we do have something. We can continue to exist without love. The sub something of this existence can be seen in the character of Muroso in Albert Camus' story, The Stranger. This character has given up hope for meaning in life and therefore does not love either himself or others. At certain points of the story, he has given up on the second element of wanting to exist, I'm sorry, of wanting to continue to exist, and thus just lives in the moment of existence. Thus he is not bothered by the death of his mother, nor by a murder he committed without thought and without hate, nor about his own impending death. He does not have self-hate nor hatred of others. He does not go beyond the moment. He has neither love nor hate. He lives a life without passion, we would say. It is an existence without passion. Many theologians say that such human existence is not possible, that he is the lukewarm of the New Testament. As Jesus said in the New Testament, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. It may be true that a Christian life without passion is not possible, but it's, it is certainly possible for life overall. It is probably the way animals look at life, without love or hate of it, that is, without passion. As long as Muroso at least knows of and approve, approves of his momentary existence, he can continue to exist this loveless, hateless, or life without passion. This existence, in fact, may make him closer to the God of the ontological proof than, than any loving human, human being would be. He has his own existence and is satisfied with it. This may be what God is. We have defined him as the reason there is something instead of nothing, but it may be that he is nothing more than that. The universe definitely exists in this way without need of meaning, without need of passion, just existing with an indifference to all and to all we do. Miraso is more in one with the universe, more in one with the wholeness of the one or the oneness of the whole or whatever it is the Buddhists say, more than anyone who loves, either Christian or Buddhist. The problem with Miraso existing solely in the moment without passion of any kind is that his life cannot lead to love, morality, good, justice, but at the same time, it cannot lead to hate, immorality, evil, or, inju or injustice. Concepts such as ethics only come into existence when we, we accept the second element 
of love by wanting to continue to exist, and thus we need to create social norms to give us power to protect our existence. Living in the moment, one would not need ethics, uh, one would not need morality, one does not need love, one does really not need anything except one's own existence. Uh, there may still be the will to power, but we can discuss that another time. The concepts of good, evil, morality only have meaning when we add the element of hope to create meaning for our life and for the lives of others. Both love and hate have three required elements. Pull any of these out, any one of these out, and you no longer have love or hate. But again, there is something. There is a passionless existence, an existence consisting solely of the individual and his will to exist. A passionless existence without love or hate is still an option for human existence. But is it an option for God? This is something that we need to contemplate in answering the question at hand. This podcast deals with the issue of why God hates the poor, and thus getting into the existentialist questions asked by Camus and the stranger, and in our prior podcast dealing with ethics and truth and illusion, uh, Camus' questions dealing with the meaning of life and a life without passion, without either love or hate, these questions are beyond this portion of the podcast episodes, but maybe we can get into them in another set of episodes. The question at hand is why does God hate the poor? We have defined love and hate as consisting of three elements. We know that if one of these elements are taken out, there is neither love nor hate, but a passionless existence, but still an existence. So the answer, so to answer the question at hand, we must now go on to consider in which one of these states does God exist? Love, hate, or whatever. I have framed the question at hand is one of God hating the poor. But if it turns out he cannot hate the poor, it seems that I may be asking a meaningless question. I do not think so. The facts of reality establish that God hates the poor, regardless of what my ontological reasoning uh, may be hitting at, hint, hinting at at this point. For now, on the existentialist questions of meaning and passion, I refer you to Camus' writing, writings to the prior podcast on ethics, and leave you with a quote from Buffy the Vampire Slayer made by uh, Angelus during the time he lacked a soul. Passion, it lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and though unwanted, unbidden, it will stir, open its jaws and howl. It speaks to us, guides us, passion rules us all and we obey. What other choice do we have? Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, in the ecstasy of grief. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace, but we would be hollow, empty rooms, shuddered and dank. Without passion, we'd be truly dead. <laughs>